Hey Mary, I have a student who is making B and D reversals. Does that mean she has dyslexia? This is the Reading Teacher's Lounge where listeners can eavesdrop on professional conversations between elementary reading teachers. We're passionate about literacy and strive to find strategies to reach all learners. Shannon and Mary are neighbors who realized that they were literacy soul sisters at a dinner in their Atlanta neighborhood. Once they started chatting about reading, they haven't really stopped. Come join the conversation. Hi, welcome to episode 14, The Reading Teacher's Lounge. We're talking about handwriting with B and D reversals today. Hey, I'm Shannon Betts, and I've been teaching for over 16 years. My specialty is locating the missing pieces in students' reading development and choosing just right activities to fill those gaps. You can find me online at readingdevelopment.com and at rdngdevelopment on Twitter and Instagram. Hi, I'm Mary Sagafi. I'm a reading tutor. I have taught in all elementary grades. I have Orton-Gillingham training, and I have been helping students with, el- with reading issues and dyslexia for 10 years. I love talking all things teaching. I believe that humor goes a long way when asking students and teachers to do hard things. And I'm excited to share with Shannon and learn along with all of you. So, Mary, you already had this episode planned tonight, but I actually, I'm really glad we did because I ended up needing this today in my classroom. We were reading short and long vowel words, and some of my students, this was in my second lowest reading group, they were have, they were mixing up road and robe. And so I had to pull out some of my B&D resources from my shelf and help them immediately, not only with short and long vowels, but also with the B&D. I love that. Even in second grade, kids sometimes need that, you know, re- consistent review and re- recall to where they can find the resources. Um, one of the most common questions that I'm asked as a person who has some knowledge about dyslexia is, should I be worried that my kid is making um, their B's and D's backwards? So are you asked that by parents, teachers, or both? Mostly parents, um, because in the tutoring practice that I have, um, or if um, I happen to, you know, share with someone that I just casually meet that I work with kids with dyslexia, that's one of the most common things. And actually, it happened to me this weekend, too. Um, So I'll tell you, so I met um, a mom of a four-year-old, and she said kind of shyly, can I just ask you a quick question? I my daughter is making her words backwards, like the entire word backwards, um, where, uh, you know, she would write her name completely backwards. And she's only four, and she's just experimenting with um, her letters right now. Um, But mom is really involved. And so she was saying, do you think that that's a precursor to her having dyslexia? And my answer is always, maybe, but probably not. And um, I hope that gives some parents some hope because um, reversals can be common for young children. Um, It doesn't mean that we shouldn't still work with them and we shouldn't still kind of redirect and instruct them on how to form their letters correctly. Um, So with this mom, I said, you know, um, I'm going to give you just a quick, easy way to do it. When you are working on writing a word with her, just write some lines for her to write her letter on top of. So um, her name is Jane. So I said, so, you know, your four spaces for J-A-N-E. And then for the first one, tell her to um, put a dot at the start and say, write your J here. 
and then put your A here and then let her write the rest. Um, because you don't have to over prompt them. You just want to get them going in the correct direction. Right, just a little bit of support. And you don't want to be overbearing and you don't want to say, oh no, that's the wrong way. And you don't want to be, you know, overly critical about it either. You really want to encourage writing, especially at a young age. Um, but I wouldn't get too bogged down with all of those details. Just a couple quick um, visual cues. Um, I, I think that that's a really good indicate, uh, you know, a way to just address this issue. So, um, however, I also have a number of parents who are concerned because their child is consistently unable to tell the difference between a B and a D. And every time they write, it's looking up at the ceiling, trying to imagine, is this right or wrong? Or they just write whatever letter comes out and it's a total guess. And they have trouble reading the words. Well, and that's too. exactly what you were just talking about with your students today. They were misreading, mis mm -hmm. they well, were not like, decoding. Uh, I don't know. A huge percentage of words have B, D, P, and Q. They sure do. <laughs> and um, if you think about it, those words, are, I'm sorry, those letters are are just mirror images of one another. Yeah. They're just flipped one direction or another. And so it can be actually quite confusing. Um to learn those letters. However, there are some really, we're getting beeps on our computer all of a sudden, both of us got distracted. Um, it, the key to instructing children early on is so essential in writing their handwriting in the correct format. And there's some really great programs out there as long as you teach them with fidelity. Um, I happen to be a fan of handwriting without tears because when I was teaching kindergarten, I was so lucky to attend a whole week long workshop about handwriting without tears. A week? It was That's amazing. It was a five day workshop for all of the handwriting without tears courses. And, um, the, it's, it was developed by an occupational therapist. Um, it has amazing multi-sensory instruction and music is incorporated. And a lot of the activities are quick and dirty and to the point. Um, and, you know, people often joke, oh, handwriting without tears. Why would it be, why should my kid be crying? Well, they shouldn't be crying. And that really is the point of the program. If the teacher is not teaching it correctly, there may be some problems, though, and I've seen a lot of teachers not teach it correctly. Yeah, I've heard from parents, and then also I've seen teachers, they just sort of find the yellow workbook somewhere, and they just follow the workbook without having the adequate training and following the program as it was intended. Right, well, there are teacher manuals, and the manuals, um, you know, have really great little queuing systems, so... Um, I'll talk more about that, but let's go back. I want to give you some um, research-based information about why um, it's so important to really understand more about reversal. So um, we have a lot of great research. Unfortunately, a lot of that research doesn't necessarily have to do with reversals. There's lots of research about dyslexia, um, but the interest in reversals has kind of like declined because um, most of the research now indicates that literacy problems primarily arise from weaknesses in phonological awareness. You know, rhyming, making sure that you can manipulate the sounds and words. Which we've seen in our own teaching practices. Right, and it's something that we keep harping on too, that it's so essential to teach the phonological awareness piece, not just in kindergarten, but you should be teaching it throughout all elementary 
reading classes. So right now, um, no one seems to even want to talk about reversals because it's really important to understand too that the visual processing issues that children may be experiencing, they don't cause dyslexia. So that's kind of a big... That's um, one of the other misconceptions. Big misconceptions. So you can't just um, ignore this, this piece. So there's still though... Uh, what I was going to say is you can't ignore the fact that there are still going to be kids who are making reversals in your classroom. And because their accuracy right. is going to be affected. Right. Well, it's still um, a, a skill that they have to develop, and it's a lasting challenge for kids if they're not doing it correctly throughout their entire school career. What is that phrase like? Um, it's a symptom, not a causation or something? Mm, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, so the reversals aren't causing... The reading difficulty but it will affect it yes no that's exactly right and then not only that is that um, there's more research that says that individuals who make letter reversals um, report feelings of psychological stress because it's so stressful because almost every word you I see will have one of those four letters well, in it. and I can still attest that the student who I tutor who is in fifth grade still struggles with it and it is still a cause of major stress um, mm. for him and um, so I, I want to just emphasize that this is definitely a big problem, but there are ways to address it. Let's just talk a little bit more um, about some of the key characteristics about children who persisted making letter reversals. Um, children with dyslexia are more likely to make letter reversals, and reversals appear to be associated with working memory deficits. Oh. Yeah, so that working memory is really essential um, to getting the brain, to communicate with the hand, and there's all kinds of things that go along what with... What side does the stick go on? What side does the circle go on? Right, yep, and it's it does have to do with visual processing. So reversals may be related to deficits in the left occipital temporal region, so I'm talking brain science here, um, that leads to both the phonological and the visual processing deficits, and those are highlighted in kids who have dyslexia. So I didn't realize that that was in the same part of the reading brain. Yeah, so that, that part is really important. I'm going to touch on this other piece, which is letter reversals are common for young writers, and occasional reversals are typical through age 8. However, if you see more than just occasional, that may be a cause of concern. And what that should indicate to you is not just dyslexia, it's intervene. Yeah, they need so, some intervention. They need some strategies. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then also, not all children who reverse letters have dyslexia. So that's also another indication that you should just intervene. Yes. <laughs> yep. So um, as long as you're pinpointing the working memory deficits that cause the letter reversals, you can target the instruction. Um, and there are some ways to do that. And the first one is to prioritize handwriting instruction. Ooh, mm -hmm. we don't make time for that in the classroom, we'll be honest. I, I know our schedules true. are so packed. I know that's true. I, I hate that that is um, something that's gone by the wayside. And there are so many discussions that we can have about, um, about handwriting and whether to write cursive or not. But it is really essential in giving explicit instruction to children who are struggling with this skill. So they still need to have that. Um, the next part is um, providing visual and verbal cues. And one of the reasons that I like the Handwriting Without Tears program is because they give lots of visual and verbal cues. Um, 
The verbal cues have to be precise and specific to the directions to form the letters and numbers. So there is a right way and a wrong way to write numbers in letters. And when you write your manuscript letters, where do you start your letters? At the top. And if you're familiar with Handwriting Without Tears, you should have that song radiating in your brain. Where do we start our letters at the top? Where do we start our letters at the top? I've never heard that if before. If you're going to make a letter, you better, 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 you better start it at the top. Okay. So let me tell you, those my kids in my class, they know <laughs> they know where to start their letters. They're all older now, and they're still thinking that every time they pick up a pencil. My kindergarten, my first <laughs> kindergarten class, they are now seniors in high school. Ah! I know. I can't even believe it. It's crazy. Um, but they also need to remember the sequence of the strokes and... Um, once they enter first grade, the visual cues seem to be even more effective. So they're, they're going to study what the model of the letter looks like, um, and that includes arrows. And then these arrows then show the child the sequence of directions, um, and then they cover up the model, and they re reproduce that. And for children who reverse letters, this method is the only research-based method proven to reduce reversals substantially. So that model and making sure that they can then develop an image in their mind and do that the same way is very difficult for some students. So the, does the muscle memory build the visual memory? So actually bit? the, um, it's actually the opposite. So okay. it's the verbal cues that first trigger so, that. Okay. And so in kindergarten, they should be learning the verbal cues. So I'll give you an example. So if you're writing the capital letter N, you're going to say um, in handwriting without tears, every letter starts with either a stick or a curve. And so you start at the top and it's a big line first. So you start at the top, big line down, jump to the top because it's a frog jump letter and you're going to slide down and then you're going to climb up like a helicopter, straight up. And those visual cues and the verbal cues that go with it, then the kids then develop the visual cues secondary. So when they are covering up the model next, they're going to be saying in their brain to themselves, big line down, jump to the top, slide down, up like a helicopter. I see. And it sounds complicated um, in a lot of words, but really it's not a lot of words, but those those phrases are so powerful in ensuring that kids are developing their letters correctly. And that is essential for children who have B and D reversals because when you make a lowercase b, you're always doing big line down, magic C. When you make a D, you're always starting with your magic C. So that starts the C and then up, straight down. Um, and again, those Key cueing um, phrases are so essential in developing then your visual. And so, yes, it is muscle memory related, but it's more the brain and the hand need to connect together and you have to stimulate the brain first. Okay. Right? And you're saying repeat that intervention over and over where those rhymes right. get internalized in the students. Well, I'm not saying a long time for intervention. These activities should take no more than 10 minutes. But on a consistent, not it just once a week. It should be happening, right. Okay. It should be happening every day. So, um, so that part is essential. And then also grouping letters into specialized groups. Um, so 
making all of the letters that have a round um, curve in it, like C's, O's, D's, G's, Q's, all of those build upon each other. Um, and then there are others, some straight letters too. And so all of those have special groups that kind of build upon each other and teaching those together are also essential. Okay. Yep. Um, the other really big thing is developing a hand preference. Like most of the time you see that kids will come into school, but you should be doing kind of modeled activities. So when we would greet our kids for kindergarten, I may say, oh, here's a squirt of lotion on your right hand. I'd like to shake your right hand, or this is your right hand, and you can smell this smelly stamp that I'm putting on your hand. Good morning, nice to see you. This is your right hand, and we're constantly talking about the directionality. Um, because for some kids that doesn't come um, the first time. And it doesn't hurt kids to relearn that concept. To learn left from right? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yep. And also up, down, under, <laughs> you can, you, there's all kinds of things um, that you can do, but a lot of it is um, just essential with the multi-sensory component. So handwriting without tears is my wheelhouse, so I'm just going to use that as a reference, but there are like actually wooden sticks where you build the letters with the lines and the curves. Mm. And you build a mat man um, with a round head and you talk about how his body forms and all of these explicit directions are really key in helping kids visualize and understand these shapes that we're trying to get them to understand. So what brings us to our next part and that is that you need to kind of test and screen handwriting. You need to actually be checking to see that your kids are doing the letters the correct way. And you can actually do that with programs. Oh, I've never done that. I've just sort of observed it in their writing. Right. Well, um, I used to do it with my students if they had um, uh, IEP goals. Um, and because we were constantly identifying letters and working on alphabetic principle. But um, you can do a quick handwriting screener and say, okay, yeah, here are you know, a few letters of the alphabet and give them some blank spaces and then have them fill in the rest of the alphabet. Capital letters first, then their numbers, and then have them do lowercase. We're talking kindergarten, end of kindergarten level. Um, and then you may even have them write a sentence for you. And that screener would give you a ton of information about how this kid is already processing um, his It letters. doesn't sound like it would take much time. Oh, no. Mm -mm. Nope. So um, the one thing that I love about the multi-sensory instruction is that there are kinesthetic components. So they roll Play-Doh, they um, make the shapes with stick with the um, you know lines and the curves. They do. There are some Montessori sandpaper letters that we do. Orton Gillingham utilizes sand trays. Um, Linda Mood Bell is really big about the air writing. Um, and all of these things that are visual and auditory and kinesthetic can all help with the letter reversals. So um, that's what I did today in class. Right. That's what I was just going to say. There's some really funny, great visuals. Yeah. So use. I've always had, because I worked with struggling readers in upper grades for so many years, they didn't want to do any of the little coloring picture kind of activities. Right. And so I mainly taught them to just use a cue with their hands 
Mm -hmm. um, and I showed them how to form the stick and the circle with the hands. And we'll post a picture um, yep. in the show notes on our website about this. But um, I said, okay, you guys have your hands all the time. And mm -hmm. so if you're not sure if it's, you know, bid or did when you see it in a book, you can just hold the hands in your lap discreetly and just form your your B and D and you'll know which one it is. And so if you use your left and right hand, you read it from left to right, it's A, B, C, D. So, and they know the letters so of the alphabet. So B first. comes on the left hand and D comes on the right hand. Mm -hmm. um, and I've also made posters for that and things like that to have out when we read, it'll be on the guided reading table. And then if you go higher with your hands, you can make the P and Q the same way. Oh, so that's great. Flip them around. Um, I have a lot of different posters that I've used throughout the years too that kind of like discuss those types of things too. Um, for a long time I taught um, B, first you draw the bat, then the ball, and then the drum comes first and you make the circle part of the D and then the stick. Um, there was one more thing that I wanted to talk about with the multi-sensory piece with handwriting without tears because I love this. I, I often utilize handwriting without tears with my Orton-Gillingham instruction for private tutoring because there's a handwriting piece. So um, I love the wet, dry, try method. So you use a chalkboard and with the chalkboard, you first have the student use a wet paper towel and so they would write their word or write their letter with a wet paper towel. And then you have a dry piece of paper towel and you trace over that again so you dry it off. And then you actually try it with the chalk the third time oh. around so you do it correctly. And then you can even do it in reverse and erase it all over again. And so um, that gives kind of a, if you don't do it correctly the first time on your wet, that's okay, you can always erase it the first time. And same goes with um, dry erase. Um, markers as well. Okay, so um, I'm almost done with this piece. Uh, the next part is fonts. You know, people are sometimes like, oh no, that, that typeface letter A that always throws uh, With the curvy up. thing on the top. Right, or the G. Yeah, with the um, G, the quirly, quir you know, the, with the, the very curly end of the G. That's right. And there's even some, actually some special dyslexia fonts called dyslexi, which have kind of thicker pieces at the bottom. Um, and unfortunately, I really like the dyslexia font, but I don't believe that it has a lot of good research to back up that it's successful. Okay. But it's a little bit gimmicky. It's a little gimmicky, but at the same time, you know, if a kid is really benefiting from it, I'm not gonna say don't use it, um, but but don't don't rely too heavily on different fonts. And then the next piece is seek professional development. If you're noticing that you're having a hard time teaching handwriting, ask if you can go to a handwriting without tears conference. And I'm only plugging that because I've been there myself. But there's all kinds of different types of um, handwriting uh, professional development that you can look into. I have um, followed this woman, Anne-Marie Mori. Um, she's an educational therapist from California, and she offers lots of free handwriting materials on her website, and her website is thebaytreeblog.com. We will link to that in the show notes. We, I want to check that out. We definitely will. And so um, so I would definitely recommend her um, her website, and she has a free workbook for letter reversals too. Wonderful. So if you're a parent at home, you may want to um, look into that. Uh, I have found some really funny things that I've, I've linked to. So I just recently found a B's and D's wrap 
um, which was really cute, I have to say. So I'll link to that in our show notes. Um, and that's the bat and the ball and the drum and the drumstick. And then um, there was another one uh, that I saw that was really cute too. And that is B is a bad, bad boy. And he is getting, um, he, he's running away. Okay. So his body is the big fat belly and he's running away. And D's like to talk to each other. So the D faces the B and the D is talking. It was kind of a cute, um, a little, little um, poster that I found. And then um, the other really fun, oh, there's one I've always used, which is D shaped like a bed. Right. Really good stuff. Has really good stuff. Has the whole little unit products with that. And I'm going to just end with this one because I thought it was so cute. And it is B has a belly and D wears a diaper. And P, you don't want that stinky diaper. And they had this, it was so hilarious. I the students would giggle with that it one. It was so cute. And that was um, inspiredelementary.com. So I'll link to that one too. So. There's all kinds of good things, especially on Pinterest. So make sure that you don't neglect your handwriting. That's my advice. All right. And I will continue working on this with my students. And I'm going to add some of these extra resources that you're suggesting to my toolkit. And I might have to try them tomorrow with my readers if what we did today wasn't enough. If your kids are accepting of it, I often find, too, if you have a little mini poster or you post a little visual cue on the corner of a desk, um, that often helps too, so that they don't have to call attention. That's nice because I I have seen them like scan the room and try to find the alphabet at the very front of the room, and you know they'll when I'm taking a running record they'll pause and okay well is it B or D let me check That's, real quick and that yeah. affects their words per minute and things like that it slows exactly. them down exactly so I like the idea of having it close by. All right. So thanks for listening, especially thanks to listening. We just found out um, that we have some listeners in Alaska. We're kind of curious who you guys are. If you want to email us, you can readingteacherslounge at gmail.com or readingteacherslounge um, at Instagram. Yeah, we would love to find out. If you want to drop us a little note or let us know where you're calling from or what your expertise is, or if you have any questions for us, we're happy to answer questions. Thank you all for listening to the Reading Teachers Lounge podcast. We would like to thank Jordan Kempker for providing the original music and Allison Zane of Fruit Creative for the artwork. If you could please write us a review on iTunes, that would help more teachers find us. And also, if you find our information valuable, please tell a fellow teacher or parent to come check us out at our webpage, www.readingteacherslounge.com. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.